to back, baby, a legend walks among us. Plus, uh, you know, everything else from the final. It's the challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies, episode 19, a.k.a. the final of the final recap, coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very much for being here with us today. On today's pod, we are, of course talking about the final of the final part two of the spies lies and allies final it has come to an end champions have been crowned casey and ct have done it it's over they won ct five time champ casey first time champ now three for three making the finals absolute beasts absolute legends absolute dominance we've got the majority of the final mission to talk about today, and we shall very soon hear a couple programming notes to get out of the way beforehand, though. First off, our All-Stars recap. It is coming. It's just going to be about a half day later than normal. That will be out Friday morning, maybe Thursday night, probably Friday morning, uh, mostly because, I mean, depending on when you're listening to this, it might already be out if you're not listening to this right away on Thursday. And the reason for that is, slight peek behind the curtain here, I am not only a challenge and reality television nerd, I'm also a total movie nerd and full-blown Marvel superhero fanboy movie nerd, whatever you want to say. And I have tickets to the very first showing of Spider-Man No Way Home because I just, I need to get back on the internet, people. So I got to go see it absolutely first showing ASAP as soon as possible. So normally when I would be watching and recording the All-Stars Recap podcast is the Thursday afternoon when I will be in a movie theater watching Spider-Man No Way Home. So since I'm allowing Spidey to take precedence, the pod will be out uh, potentially Thursday night. I might finish it up after the movie, but we shall see if that happens or not. So Friday morning at the latest, back to its regular scheduled time next week. Speaking of next week, we will have our Tuesday review preview pod of some sort, focused obviously much more on All-Stars more than anything, and then we are going to play it by ear if we do our Spies, Lies, and Allies season wrap-up pod next week or the following after that depending on if there's two reunion episodes or one, and more or less if I get my shit together and do it next week or not. Uh, There's a bunch of awards kind of going back over the full season that I want to do, so we'll see if I get that put together in time. But that might be next Wednesday. That might be the following, depending if there's two reunion episodes. I want to watch both of them before commenting. So stay tuned on that. And uh, all right, otherwise, you know, subscribe wherever you may be listening. Follow us on Instagram if you don't already and buckle in because we've got a final and some champions to discuss. Let's get into it. Today, we will have our Cliff Notes recap, then just a breakdown of the final and cap it off with a couple awards, not all the ones we normally do, but still got a few. So in the words of our second runner up, Devin, let's go. Cliff Notes recap first here as quickly as we can. Everything that went down on the final part two, which basically is just going to be a refresher more or less of what they actually had to do during this. There's a big old spelling error here that I just can't handle. So I got to fix that real quick before we can start. All right. In three, two, one, as fast as we can, everything that went down on this episode. Now in two teams, checkpoint four begins and asks our teams to unravel a rope wrapped around a cage until they can open the cage, display the safe inside. They then must jump in a lake, swim down underwater, memorize some symbols, go back on land, use those symbols to crack a code that they need to open that safe. Once back, code cracked, safe open. They grab a key and take off on a run up the mountain. Nelson fails to keep up with his team on the swimming portion of this, putting them at a bit behind, but eventually both teams are well on their way up the mountain in relatively close contact. Both teams then reach checkpoint five, where they unlock a torpedo that they carry further up the mountain until they get to a puzzle where they must turn four squares into three squares in three moves. Orange passes purple, takes the lead, gets to the puzzle first by kind of a lot, mostly thanks to Devin needing to take a bit of a rest. 
Orange gets there first, but struggles mightily. Purple retakes the lead when CT comes in and nails the puzzle in literal seconds. That puts them onto checkpoint six, where they have to roll a large iron ball down the path to the final checkpoint of the day. If it goes off course, it could be devastating, which turns out to be the case for Orange, who loses control. It goes down the hill, gets stuck on some rocks. They fall way behind, and they end the place in second place end the day, excuse me, in second place, which TJ is warned would come with consequences. After a night's sleep in a cave, the losing cell finds out they have to face off in elimination, playing back me up, same as episode one of this season. You're strapped together with your opponent, the first to get down your own side of the ramp two out of three times wins. Kyle faces Nelson, Kyle wins 2-0, and then in an emotional matchup, Casey and Nani have to square off, Casey wins 2-1, Nani and Nelson are going home empty-handed. It's now time for pairs, a final twist, Casey and Kyle get to pick their partner for the final checkpoint of the challenge, they don't want to be together, Kyle wants Tori, Casey wants CT, that leaves Emmy and Devin to work together as the three pairs, the final checkpoint is then to run up the rest of the mountain to where there is a 20-digit code, memorize it, run back down put the code in correct and you win a million dollars and in a nail biter over Tori and Kyle CT and Casey pull out the win by literal seconds and then one more final twist TJ of course has to have one little more at the very end tell CT and Casey they get to pick how much of the million dollars they want to keep and how much they want to give away and they are relatively generous decide we want 800k for us Each other team gets 100K for them, and everyone goes home with some money and some pride and some happiness. And that is where the episode ends. Moving into the storylines then, which obviously the entire storyline of the final episode is just the rest of the final. So let's break that down into a few sections and talk about it in depth here. Let's start with... We'll save everyone's performances itself for last, maybe the eliminations for the middle. Let's actually just talk about the final itself first, actually what they did. And we've got to start with uh, the first big question. I have not I have not been on social media at all during the episode or immediately after the episode like I normally would be to kind of, kind of gauge you know, a little bit of fan reaction or other, you know, independent media folks like myself's reaction. Um, but... I am staying far, far away from the social media right now for at least a 24-hour period for because of this finale, the Survivor finale, the Spider-Man movie coming out, all kinds of things that could be spoiled for your boy, and he doesn't like spoilers. If you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know I fucking hate spoilers, so I'm not on there. I can't gauge what others are really thinking at all right now, but the immediate question for me watching this final is... Was it easy? (laughs) Um, And I, of course, mean that relatively to other seasons. Obviously, what they did is not easy. Obviously, I, in my, what I think, you know, compared to the average human being, I'm in half decent shape, would have no shot at this. Like, it's still still very, very physically demanding what they were asked to do. It still takes place over the course of two days. But relative to, you know, especially recent finals, um, and just the the finals we've come to expect, you know, TJ's final, what we've come to expect of it, was this a, a little on the easier side, which, again, um, I, I will only say one more time, I, I mean relatively, and also, I don't necessarily mean that's a bad thing. I might, I actually might think it's kind of a good thing to have the finals be a little bit more... I still, I, you know, I like the idea of it being an incredible test. I like the idea of it being really difficult, but this version of it might, as far as on a difficulty scale, might be plenty enough for me to say we've crowned a deserving champion um, compared to, you know, a total madness uh, finale or especially a War of the Worlds one finale. Um, but reasons for this. One, they do have to do overnight, but they actually got to sleep and fully expected, you know, typically more often than not, even if they get to sleep or not, not even if they did sleep last season, they had to do the thing where they put their face in the super duper cold water while they were in the super duper cold cave. You know, usually it's one person stands and the other one sleeps or one person has to do this or everyone has to hold a battery or whatever. And no, they actually, you know, if you're not into camping, you're not very comfortable with their sleeping arrangements, but they go to a nice cave, 
they roll out their little, uh, you know, blow up pillow and little cushion mat in a blanket. And they seemingly, you know, they get to the cave right as it just got dark and they don't, you know, they're up and starting, you know, once it's light out again. So you assume they got relatively a full night's sleep or the ability to have almost a full night's sleep if they wanted. There was no eating, which was maybe the most shocking part of not just the whole episode, but the whole season. They didn't have to eat anything. Um, and I am going to be a bad historian and tell you I did not go look it up because I feared how long I'd have to go back. When is the last time they didn't have to eat some wild shit in a finale? That really took me off guard for for the eight people's sake that were running this thing. I'm very happy for them that they did not have to do it. Uh, I just feel, you know, I'm not necessarily a fan of that portion, but as a fan of the show, it's just kind of a staple of the challenge. You the finale, you kind of have to do that. Um, so they didn't have to eat. There was basically no swimming. There was no kayaking or canoeing, nothing with a paddle, which had become, become a bit of a staple that there was always something in the water. They subbed that out this time for the, you know, an episode ago, jumping out of the helicopter, swimming not very far at all, like a hundred meters maybe, and then getting on what I forget what they called those little uh, jet skis, the very, very wrong word, but the little propeller that you hold on to and pulls you through the water. Um, so they substituted that where they just have to hold on to something and be dragged through the water versus any actual swimming or kayaking or anything. So overnight where you actually get to sleep, no eating, basically no swimming or any kayaking or anything of that nature, no biking of any nature, just running slash walking, occasionally carrying some stuff, doing three or four puzzles and, you know, a lot of those things. But not not a whole lot. Mostly they just had to navigate the whole, like, you're an individual, you're a pair, you're a team, you know, dynamic. So definitely on the easier side of finals. And again, I said I would only, I wouldn't say it again, but I'm going to say it again. Relative to the other ones, it is still very, very impressive. I am not, no shit talking as far as saying, like, oh, it was easy. Like, that doesn't even count or anything like that. No, 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 no. Still very, very difficult. Just if we're comparing it, you know, let's just say this decade of the show and by decade of the show. I don't mean actual 2020s. Um, I mean, you know, the thirties of the show, this, this, this set of 10 of the show, whatever you want to call that from dirty 30 on, this has got to be, you know, on the easier side of any of the finals in that stretch, if not going back much, much further, which great for them still very deserving champion still is very hard. I still would not necessarily want to do it. I would want to do it for fun, just not under pressure. It would be fun like TJ does the day before to actually to run the thing. Then next thing about the final itself we got to talk about. They go from individual to teams and then from teams back to pairs, which few comments on that. Uh, the first one is it was a legitimate like, oh shit moment during this episode for me when TJ announced that they were going to do pairs. We discussed on the review preview pod yesterday that that possibly was in play. Um, didn't really think they were going to do it, but it seemed, you know, it was at least in play because they had done individual and team. So and we assuming they wanted one male, one female winner, it made sense. Either individuals and one each wins or pairs. They went with pairs. It was legitimately to me an oh shit moment that they were doing it and that they were giving the elimination winners, Casey and Kyle, their pick. Now this, as also discussed on the Review Preview Pod, the reason I was even thinking about it is because I was desperate for the moment where CT was going to have to pick a partner and not someone picking him, but him picking someone and having to have the moment of, does he take Emmy or does he go with Tori or even Casey? But really just that moment of after last season, everything that happened between CT and Big T, after we found out while we didn't see it, um, Big T you know, gave a pretty stern warning to Emmy about what could happen being partnered with uncle CT. And we saw at least a moment of friction here, there between them. I just desperately, the moment they mounts pairs, I was like, Oh my God, we're going to do pairs. Let them all pick. And then they let Kyle and Casey pick. And of course, of course, of course, of course, you know, Casey's going to be like, nah, I don't want to work with Kyle. Sorry, Kyle, I'm picking CT. And then, you know, in that situation with respect to Emmy, who absolutely beasted this whole final, this whole season, you're taking the experience of your Kyle and you're saying, you know, Tori, uh, you know, all three of these chicks are freaking badass. I have got a shot to win with all of them. I'm taking the experience and the person I've worked with before. Um, so obvious picks there. 
it did the changing from the individual to the teams to the pairs kept it so that everyone always was in it, which is something I think they do, you know, moving forward. It's something they've been working on for sure in the finals to have it be more suspenseful, be more dramatic and not just be a blowout victory in any single way. I think they've gotten the best results of it from seasons like this, where not necessarily that they were switching, you know, pairs, teams, whatever throughout, but that they make it so that the checkpoint's not total time in any way. It's just get to the next checkpoint and there's some advantages for being in first or second and there might be some twists and some changes, but ultimately it's going to come down to one thing. This reminded me very much of Vendetta's when on Vendetta's. They had checkpoint after checkpoint. They kind of had to work with occasionally work with someone else depending on who got there when. And eventually they whittled, you know, they eliminated some people here or there. They got to where they got however many people they had left. I think they had six. They ran a segment to get rid of two people, and then four of them, Kara, Kayla, Kyle, and and Zach, did one last puzzle, just straight up starting from scratch. No, you know, no one with any lead, one puzzle for all the money. And that's of course when Kara won and was the first ever individual fear full-on individual, only one person wins all of the money. Um, so this reminded me of that and that by the time they got to that final checkpoint and they were now in pairs, it was just one thing. It was like, all right, you're running up, you're running back, put the code in and you win. It's one thing and you're done. Everyone's tied. Everyone's starting from the same spot, which does make it you know, more suspenseful. It led to, uh, you know, I actually usually challenge the way challenge goes every time they try to do a, a commercial cliffhanger, which is every commercial they try to create into some cliffhanger you know exactly what's going to happen. It's not, you know, they're not able to actually make a real cliffhanging moment. I really, truly did not know who was going to win when they go to commercial with both teams, Kyle and Tori and Casey and CT having put in the code once and failed, Um, whether that was just editing by them to like add the little noise in to say that both teams had failed. I don't know. I'm looking forward to listening to some of the pods and hearing the people that were in it talk and, you know, Tori on her podcast, talk about how close that really truly was. If they actually got to a shot, if Kyle and Tori had a shot and got to put in the code one time and failed and, but could have won. Um, but I going to that commercial break, I was like, I don't know which one of these teams wins. And that's a win for the show. That's suspense. I'm into it. I'm liking it. But ultimately I don't know if I like the whole, we we did this in all three stages or not. Um, I still long for the simplicity. You know, last week I commented on, you know, if you're going to have the season that's super convoluted, that's always changing, always doing all this stuff, if you're going to go for it, go for it. And that I liked the night of eliminations of just basically, you know, just what I just said. If you're going to go for it, you go for it. You don't half-ass it in any way. If you're saying there's going to be twists and turns at every freaking moment, then have one at every freaking moment. And I liked that night of eliminations. And so part of me, you know, feels that same sentiment for this final. If you're going for it, you're going for it. And if that's the season you're doing, you do it all the way to the end. But ultimately it left me kind of wishing for a more simple format and more, I I just really looked to that vendetta season as a really good example of if you're going to do an individual winners, that's how you can run a final and keep it so that it's not all your times always adding up. You can still get to the end and have a very suspenseful final. Like here's the last thing you've all made it to this final checkpoint. Times are even go winner takes all right here. And now, um, without having it being too convoluted as to how you get there or too set up. Cause again, it was also just, you know, the moment Casey picked CT, it was like, all right, well, if you know, they're going to win. And if, especially once TJ then said, this is the last thing you have to do. I thought there was a lot more that was going to be left after that more than one checkpoint. And once they announced that, like, yes, it was close. Yes. Kyle and Tori, were, you know, right in it. And, you know, you couldn't guarantee that CT and Casey were going to win, but also like the moment she picked him, it was like, all right, well, there's a reason they've been each number one in my power rankings, literally the entire season. Uh, And now they just get to partner up for one final checkpoint, basically a a mini daily challenge, if you will, like that. It was just a daily challenge. They got to do a daily, those pick your new team for just that. They had never worked together before in any way, even really in an alliance. And now they're winning together, uh, so 
I didn't love that, but I did I did love the both of them won. I did love the suspense of it, and I did mostly enjoy the final as a whole. Let's then talk about the actual the checkpoints themselves, just some quick notes on you know the sporting side of it. Uh, the first one, they have to unwrap uh, a cage, doesn't take very long, jump in the water, get the symbols from underwater, and come back up. Nelson, my guy, Nelson, we're going to talk more about here in a moment, but he's my, my, my guy, you got to go take some more swimming lessons. I'm proud of where he's come on the swimming front with the, with the life jacket on. No problem. He's moving quick through that water. He's doing great. No fear. None of that. Um, I'm very glad that having to call for the little safety vehicle, safety boat, uh, didn't, you know, penalize their team in any way. That would have been a real, real bummer. Um, but that was a, a moment, I guess, you know, there was no, it didn't really impact them, which I was very thankful for because obviously over here, a little biased. I was rooting for Nelson to win this whole thing, certainly. So I'm very glad didn't, you know, that didn't play against him in the end. That one, though, pretty, pretty straightforward, pretty deep. You had to dive down to read those bottom symbols. Seemed like any, you know, one person could memorize all the symbols if they so chose, which it may have happened on the, on I forget which color was which, but Kyle, Kyle's team, it seemed like Kyle maybe memorized the entire code, which is the first of two times in this episode that someone extremely impressive memory abilities. We'll talk about Devin in a little bit, uh, but that one, decent checkpoint, uh, impressive turn from Kyle. Then we get the torpedo carry and puzzle. The torpedo carry. I can't believe that CT and Tori, because Tori was there for War of the Worlds 2 when they had to do uh, they had to, you know, carry as a team, something like this. They did not get the strategy down immediately. It eventually did not. I mean, it kind of cost them because it, it it ultimately didn't cost them because they caught up and passed on the puzzle. But on the carrying part, where people stand makes all of the difference. It is a just a completely different ball game depending on where you're standing on that torpedo, which way, if you have the heights in alignment, if it's actually touching everyone's shoulders or not. And there was a moment right before Devin has to take his break where they show him walking and Tori, not because she's like trying to like be lazy or something, but like the, the thing's not even on her shoulder because as they walk and take steps, she's got a person taller in front of her and behind her. And as they step in and out, it comes up and down off of her shoulder, which means she's not really helping that all that much, which she needs it with she, she, Emmy and CT need to be doing all the work here combined. They then switch places, put Devin in the middle. He, and now they have it perfectly slanted from tallest to shortest in the back. They got Emmy and Tori carefully kind of walking on top of each other in back, like right next to each other where the difficulty is not stepping on each other's feet, but can kind of hold up the back together as a two-person unit. CT holds up the front and very little weight then on Devin in the middle, which you can just let him, hey, just keep moving with us. You don't have to put too much weight on your shoulder with this. So surprised with the experience on that team that that happened um, and that the other team, Nelson, showing some good leadership uh, and also just they got in the right order of people. And, you know, Nelson, Casey, Nani, Kyle, I believe, which is the proper height order for that, for that team. And Nelson front calling out the, you know, every once in a while switch from one shoulder to the other, which helps from one, how tired your shoulder and arms are getting, but also just helps break up the monotony of, we got to carry this a long way. Just make it to the next switch. We're go 30 seconds. We switch, we go 30 seconds. We switch, like just make it to that next one. So good on them. But then we get to the puzzle and, I mean, the I hate I hate talking about the puzzles in any sort of confident way as someone who has never been on a reality show that forced you to do puzzles under pressure for large amounts of money. Um, but this one, uh, this was a bad look for the orange cell. I believe the orange team, the Kyle Nelson, Casey and Nani, because um, it's a pretty, uh, you say classic puzzle. It's like, what does classic puzzle even really mean? You know, I guess if you're someone who thinks puzzles are kind of cool, you've come across this puzzle before, uh, more or less, and they just can't get it. They're trying everything in the world. Nelson's throwing out triangles and circles and shit, and everyone else is just kind of like looking around, waiting for someone else in the group to solve it, which was definitely the Achilles heel of that team as a team was there. You know, Kyle, Casey, and Nani 
can do puzzles just fine. Nelson's even actually done a couple puzzles very fast. I wouldn't call him any, you know, I I wouldn't call him Puzzle King, and he did, definitely didn't uh, show very good in this particular moment, but he is the only one on the team that even tries to take any direction of like, all right, if no one else is going to speak up and try to figure it out, I'll fucking try. I'll start throwing stuff out. Like, we need to start talking, people. Start th- saying things. Start theorizing. Move something around a little bit if you need to. Like, do something. Don't just stand here and wait for someone to solve it because none of us are actually trying to solve it. CT walks in and is just like, boom, done, no problem. And uh, again, um, you know, uh, I don't even want to say it's an easy puzzle because it just isn't fair for the circumstances. There's a million dollars on the line. I have never been in anything like that, but it's not that hard of a puzzle. Anyways, that's that one. Uh, and the puzzle, that was the, really the end of it, which is the moment we should say that the orange cell losing that lead and then not just losing the lead, but then falling way behind. Yes, the big roller ball that happens after Nelson, you know, gets too aggressive, throws it in front of him, and it rolls off the path. That really, they weren't catching up after the puzzle thing. Um, that roller ball, whatever they can edit it to make it look like that maybe was the reason that they couldn't catch up, but they weren't. The purple team didn't stop with the roller ball. They weren't going slow enough that you know uh, they weren't catching them at that point. So that puzzle was truly the end, and that puzzle was the reason, the deciding factor in who has to go into elimination, which means that puzzle and CT doing it so fast prevented us from seeing it. One, it changed who won the whole thing. It didn't, CT was going to win no matter what. It wouldn't have really changed that, but it changed what, uh, which female might have won with him because CT, if CT goes into that elimination versus Devin, we could have seen CT backpack 2.0, um, Devin backpack this time, um, the what's eight times nine backpack this time. Uh, and man, would that have been a, you know, it would have been tough cause I love Devin, but would have been a sight to see certainly to see CT sitting on the ground back to back strapped up with someone. Uh, definitely, you know, the last week brought back some memories, some flashback of the bananas backpack to people when, uh, CT or when Tori carried Amanda, this really would have done it because it really would have been it. Um, thankfully for Devin, that did not was not the case. We also would have gotten an amazing, you know, I would have felt horrible. I felt horrible no matter what. I didn't want anyone to go in these eliminations. I like all eight people that were in this final, but would have got an unbelievable elimination round between Emmy and Tori. I would have loved to see that matchup. We would have no idea who wins that one in that moment, but it would have changed potentially who wins because then if they don't blow it on the puzzle, Orange is safe. Nelson and Nani are still there for the end. And then CT, assuming, again, sorry, Devin, but if you you and CT had to play that game, we know what would happen. Uh, CT would then get to pick his partner and would either have to take whoever won between Tori or Emmy, which I guess, uh, so I didn't even think that part all the way through. Wouldn't He wouldn't have to pick between Tori and Emmy, but he would have to pick let's say emmy emmy wins beats tori tori's gone he would have to pick emmy or do i want um do i want to go with casey the kind of sure thing or do i even want to go with nani i've known her forever and i want to get her a win or if tori wins you know do i have to pick between tori and casey i guess there was no way to really set up ct having to pick between tori and emmy which is what i really Really was hoping to see. But anyways, that puzzle was what cost, essentially what cost Nelson and Nani their game. And really, it would have been amazing if Nani makes that makes it through there. Casey and Nani both in the uh, in the final stage. And then, you know, Casey wins or they get to pick how much money to split up. Does Casey be like, hey, maybe we should give that uh, second place team a little bit more money. And maybe that other team, not so much. Cause I get half of that other type too. That would have been hilarious. Um, then the big roller ball, then the, the race up the mountain and back again, kind of weird that it was only one checkpoint for the pairs. Um, still difficult. Again, it's just basically a daily challenge. I have no idea. I wish I knew as always wish I knew some times on some of these things, how long it took them to get up there. Like, was this an hour? Was this like two and a half hours? Was this, 20 minutes. Like I, I literally have no idea. Um, seemed very difficult. 20 numbers is a lot. And this is where we got to say Devin. It, it, I know it was for third place. There wasn't the kind of pressure on it, but there was, 
the fully the pressure of when they get up there, he very smartly says to Emmy, hey, at this point, we ain't leaving until we know we got this locked, locked in because our only chance, we're way behind them, our only chance is if they don't have the number right and we get down there and we have it right, that's our only chance of winning. So like, we ain't leaving, take your time, memorize this. And what he doesn't say to her is, you just sit down if you if you feel like it, I'll get this, don't worry. Because holy shit, him, him just rattling off no, no problem. All 20 numbers. And then I didn't fact check whether he did it correctly in the confessional, but also then in the confessional that's being filmed at a later moment, rattling off all 20 numbers. Very, very impressive stuff. That's pretty incredible memory and uh, will be noted. Try to I'll try to remember that one for the future of assessing um, his, you know, that that's another feather in his cap from a puzzle perspective. That kind of memory is an asset to say the least. 20 numbers is a lot, it's very difficult, uh, an appropriate amount to force them to remember running down a mountain. Pretty impressed that all three teams got it right without ever having to think about going back up or cheating off the other one. Um, so that's the checkpoints. Croatia, super beautiful. Not a lot to say other than just it's unbelievably stunning. This whole season was one big, amazing ad for Croatia. And boy, do I want to go there. Um, and then let's talk about the two eliminations. We get Nelson versus Kyle. Not surprised Kyle won. It was, I felt like this is a 50-50 toss-up. Surprised he won so easy. It was kind of blown away that he won so easily. It seemed like he made very quick work. It seemed like he had the strategy much quicker and down of turn to the side, pick up one of his legs so he can't get his footing, and then just try to inch until the moment you get your hand on the edge of the thing is over. You're you're able to pull yourself down. You have leverage that the other person has no shot at matching. And he wins pretty easily. And part of part of being surprised how easy it was, one, is just Nelson is a beast. And he's definitely like the pound for pound strongest guy there. He's, you know, a small, shorter than the rest of them. And maybe doesn't weigh as much or whatever, but he's pound for pound as, you know, he's actual what Mark, what Mark Long always says about being twisted steel like Nelson is. Uh, he is absolutely shredded up bulky muscles everywhere. It's very, very strong. And he's done something not exactly this before, but on dirty 30, he and Hunter did a version of this where they weren't just tied together at the back, but also like at their legs, they had to kind of roll and like fish squirm over and off of, they could have went on either side of, it was like a four sided platform, but very similar thing. And Nelson won that versus Hunter, who's a, you know, an athlete in his own right. So had some experience and just didn't matter. Kyle whooped him. And afterwards, Nelson, who I adore, I love Nelson so much. I wanted him to win so, so badly. And, you know, he's deservingly having, having a tough time with going home at this moment. And TJ goes over and gives him the pep talk and was very surprised. I've not, I don't remember ever really seeing TJ do this in this way of, you know, he's talked to competitors before, you know, in the moment outside of his little monologue of thanks for playing. We'll see you, see you when we see you, but going over and like clearly seeing how upset someone is, how defeated and sad someone is and having the level of respect that he clearly has for Nelson in the game and as a competitor and letting him know like, Hey, like, Keep your head up. It's it, it's going to hurt for a long time, but every day it'll get a little easier and you had a great season and you're a great guy and like you're going to come back, you're going to do this. And like the fact that TJ walked over and told him like you will be a champion someday, that's unbelievable. I I mean, I know I can go, I don't I think he's still on cameo. I know I could maybe ask TJ to do that and pay him some money to do that right now, but like an actual moment of him in the moment having that uh that type of feeling for Nelson and uh, going over and doing that. That was a really heartwarming moment. Then we got Nani versus Casey, the matchup of who's going to give up. And is as hard as it is to say for someone that's been in our lives for so long as challenge fans and is so beloved as a member of the challenge family in Nani, it, the moment they have to match up and you know, one's going home, you instantly think, all right, they're, they're dating, they're in love. They're not going to try. They're going to basically decide who who just have a discussion over who gets to go on, which eventually they kind of more or less do. And as much as we love Nani, they make the right decision. And they say, you know, 
you're you're better you're gonna you have a better chance of winning you should go you know we're together so whatever money is kind of our money that's one and i can put my pride to the side of wanting to be a champion and want you to be a champion and i you have the better chance of winning and they you know they they split the first two rounds kind of amicably and then nani turns to casey and says you know this one third round's you casey does big moment was after the first round, Casey gets the first one and she turns to Nani like very serious and says, are you sure you don't want to win? And Casey was I mean, props to both of these women for handling this th- this way. Props to both of them for clearly putting the other one before themselves. An unbelievable move. And it makes me, you know, I already felt great about this relationship and felt like this was one that could definitely go the distance. It was a great, healthy, mature, loving, wonderful relationship. But getting to see in the moment with a million dollars on the line with that title on the line that means a lot to both of them both of them being selfless and being like are you like i you before me i'm putting you over me just amazing heartwarming loving wonderful stuff it's clearly both willing to do it they make the right choice casey goes on nani has an awesome moment a very vulnerable emotional confessional talking about how much it's meant for her to be on this season with Casey and to become so comfortable publicly in herself and in her sexuality and in her choices and in her relationship and just everywhere we've seen from where Nani has come from and grown into on the show has just been an unbelievable arc to watch. She's been in our lives for a full decade plus now at this point. I believe uh, her real world season was 2010 or 11. So like a base, a full decade now and it's all been wonderful. And this was a great a great moment. I'm sure it's not the end of it by any means, but it was a wonderful moment. She still clearly won, even in going home. She was a winner. So that's them. Let's then quickly talk about the uh, everyone else's performance. We'll go in reverse order here of where they finish. Devin. Devin, great job. Makes the final, gets third, gets 50 grand. We'll talk about the 50 grand in a moment. Um, but the, the question with him, is, is this the best he can really hope for? Which I think is, the answer is yes. You know, the best he can really honestly hope for is get yourself to the final, get into the final three where you make money. And that's kind of about it, unless you're going to completely overhaul what you're doing on the workout front and what shape you're coming in in. Because, you know, obviously it was very clear throughout and I don't, it's no shade, no shame on it, but he clearly... From the endurance standpoint, couldn't keep up with the other ones and had no real chance of, you know, he kind of still had a chance because they, again, that memory, that memory is a game changer. And there was a shot of him coming down that mountain and them not having the combo figured out and putting it in and getting the win. So it's it's possible. It's not like it's an impossible thing. But this feels like the best he can ask for is that every season he comes back, his goal more or less needs to be, I've got to get to the final and I'll make, and I'll get, you know, second or third place and make some money. And brings us back to the very beginning, second, third, fourth episode, somewhere in there. I think it might have honestly been the second episode. He and Josh have a conversation where they say straight to each other's face, the reason we are partnering up, the reason we are in an alliance is because I can beat you in a final and you think you can beat me in a final and we can't beat anyone else. And they acknowledged it and then they spent the entire season working to some degree with CT and never even taking a single shot at CT, which maybe will be a lesson learned. Maybe, just maybe, next season when they inevitably you know bring CT in and a bunch of these other people in, maybe, just maybe, people get real about the fact that you're not going to beat him in a final anymore. If he's going to be in this type of shape again, you ain't beating him, period. He's won three out of the last four. So best, best finish possible, really, for Devin. Um, and glad he got some money. He dominated this season. He'll be talked about at length during our season wrap-up for sure, as will Emmy. Unbelievable rookie season. Bummer that she didn't get to finish with CT. I thought that would have been really, really nice to have her finish. She would have maybe won um, with respect to Casey. Uh, I think all the three three women were relatively equal, and kind of whoever was with CT in that, that last little bit was probably going to win. Um, but, uh, I don't know, a Kyle Casey team might have beat a CTME team, I guess. Maybe. We'll, we, we, I don't know. But, unbelievable rookie season. 
awesome job in the final. No freakouts, just uh, standard lane, multiple different times, asked smartly, was like, I'm the rookie here. I fully trust CT, asked him like in the water. She asked like, what should I do? And, you know, tell me where to go, coach. Just, you know, I'll do anything that's needed. I'm going to keep going. She's trying to run when Devin's walking. She she killed it all season long and crushed it in the final. Showed she's got the endurance for sure, which was the only question mark left really because we hadn't, you know, she hadn't been in the final before um, to really test that, has that, has everything you need. If she comes back season after season, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Then we got Kyle, another great showing from Kyle, another really good finals performance without winning, but really good as both the other finals he's been in. He's got right there to the end, right there at, you know, Vendetta's his rookie season. He gets to the final four and um, I'm blanking on total madness. He, I believe is the second place guy on that one. Um, third place overall. And another one here where it comes in second place, barely just Barry. Where it comes from, we will never know because, you know, he's he's clearly obviously in way better shape than uh, than his body maybe lets on or his attitude lets on sometimes. Um, but from Vendetta's on when it's like this is kind of the party guy, like, yes, he's in like solid shape, but he just because he like wants to stay relatively skinny and good looking more than like he's trying to like be a professional athlete winning challenges here. Um, but he just, he truly never stops. He's the actual epitome of the like heart matters in this. If you just care more, if you're willing to push yourself harder than others, then if others are in better shape or stronger or run more than you, you can still beat them and do it faster. If you just truly are willing to push harder than they are. And he's proves that time and time and time again, comes oh so close yet again. Um, so Maybe we'll see him back. He says at the end, you know, I thought I was going to have to take a break, but now, now I just want to win so badly. And it's like, dude, take one season off just for your mental health and to like be with your baby and your, and your wife. Um, but then come back. Cause we love you and we need you And the show and confessional booth definitely needs Kyle. Then Tori, <sighs> I wanted Tori to win so badly. And I know a lot of people listening probably, Given the nature of the the audience, uh, the fanhood of the challenge being kind of split on her at this point, um, some of you listening might be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Sorry, I love Tori. I stand for Tori. I pretty much always have, and I probably always will. And just given the events of the last couple of weeks and all the bullshit that I believe was thrown her way, I and all the bullshit that I think she gets in general of other people calling her overrated and things like that, I wanted her to win so, so badly, but get second, still a great performance, still third final in what, five seasons, six seasons, um, and performs really well. I mean, there's no shame in losing to CT and, and Casey. Like that's as dominant of a duo that you're going to get in the history of the game. So getting second place by a few seconds to them, no shame there. Great performance, great season all around. Really wish she would have won, but there's always next season. She'll be back. I'm confident in that. Then we got Casey and CT, the champs. First off, we'll start with Casey. The full comeback arc is completed. Amazing. Going down with the knee injury in the final last season where it felt like her and Fessy were going to win, maybe not run away with that because CT and Amber eventually actually ran away with that final, but we're right there, the you know, neck and neck to be the competitive team to possibly win, if not just at least get second. Goes down with the knee injury. It's a horrible ending to the season. The whole Fessy won't eat stuff on it too and everything. Comes back in, comes back into the house with a woman by her side, with Nani by her side, which usually sometimes, you know, having being in a couple puts a target on your back, being a part of Big Brother and no one liking you, target on your back, being a part of the 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 team that everyone hates, the Emerald Cell that everyone freaking hates the whole time, target on your back, being clearly the dominant female of the cast, target on your back, none of it matters. She walks to the final, everyone's terrified of her. She only has to do elimination once and it's in the final versus Nani horribly um, for them, very emotional, but she completes the comeback. She goes to her third final in three seasons, gets her first championship alongside CT, which has to be, as she kind of says, she's like, she's borderline speechless uh, after she wins. Like she 
truly seems to be kind of in shock. And I think because it was only one checkpoint, like she had just sent Nani home and then she won and got to feel that feeling of like, we made the right choice. I can't wait to tell her whatever. Um, she doesn't say much, but she does allude to like, how unbelievable is this that I got to win with CT, like the freaking goat possible goat. We'll talk about that more later. Um, very, very amazing stuff for her. Very impressive. And I mean, three finals, one championship in three seasons of work moves you up the female rankings, like all time rankings pretty freaking fast. Like there's, there's not that there's only a handful of two time champions on the female side. There's only one or two, three time champions, Veronica and Evelyn, um, and maybe someone else that I'm forgetting, but maybe they deserve to be forgot. Uh, I don't know, but not that many. There's no, you know, there's no bananas with seven. There's no CT with five the way there is on the male side where it's like, you'll never get to the top, top of this list, but three for three, making the finals one time champion. And the other time, you know, a DQ, an injury, an legitimate injury in the final is one of the other reasons you didn't necessarily win is, uh, awesome second place, I believe, on Total Madness to Jenny, who just is they need to bring back on the show if they if they want some competition, I guess, for Casey. Because damn, those two now looking back at Total Madness, like uh, that's that's starting to slowly but surely look like one of the better groups of finalists ever from a competitive standpoint. Um, the big question with her, it's been the question all three seasons she's been on, um, and she does so well at the sports side of it that it hasn't mattered, but can she with respect? Uh, cause I, I, I love and adore Casey and clearly she is an unbelievably wonderful human being and an unbelievable athlete, but we have long said, and it is commented on a lot out there in the fanhood. Um, is she going to ever be able to bring a lot to the show part of the show. As you guys know, I always, I split things into the sport and the show. Those are kind of the two pillars of the challenge. She brings a hundred out of a hundred on the sports side, no doubt about it. But on the show side, she's kind of just there. She's in the background. She's not even on this season where she's got this unbelievable romance and relationship with Nani, the sweetheart, the darling, the beloved longtime challenger, Nani. And other than like the one nice date scene in the one, like we've made the finals together scene, we don't get a lot out of that. We just don't get a whole lot. And it's because she's playing a super smart game. She's staying in the background. She's making her moves quietly. And she's just kind of, she's doing what CT does now, but she's doing CT's game very well. And it's leading now to titles, but without the 10 seasons of punching people in the face, and like wild up and down romances and shit talking and rivalry making and all the stuff that came with CT long ago that we still kind of have to go off of even in these seasons where now he's kind of just more or less in the background. There's still moments of it. So can she provide on the show front to keep getting invited back? Will she just get invited back because she's dominant on the sport side of things? Probably, I would assume they're at least next season, like you got to bring the champ back. Doesn't always happen though. Certainly hasn't happened a lot of times in the past. So we will see if she can bring a little more or maybe, maybe she just gets more comfortable. She finds kind of a role more. She likes in the show, gets the right cast around her or whatever, but hats off to her pumped to see, you know, her get that first title three-time finalist, one-time champion moving up the rankings. Then we got CT five-time champ. He did it. Never a doubt, like literally never the whole season. And again, I am not, I hate, 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 hate spoilers. I've avoided them all single, all season long with the lone exception of sadly, uh, I can now admit after talking about them, I about an hour before the show saw someone, I don't follow any of the accounts that put out this bullshit and all these spoilers, but someone I do follow retweeted like a fucking idiot. I'm Sorry for my words to someone I follow and at least kind of half like a little bit. Um, retweeted spoilers for the final episode, and I did briefly glimpse the moment it came into my eyeballs. I immediately turned away and scrolled really fast and then deleted out of the browser. But I did know who was going to go into the elimination, which was really, really bummer. Um, on this episode, but I didn't know who was going to win. And all season long, I, I had no idea who was going to win, but I also knew who was going to win because I knew CT was going to win. It was just literally never a doubt. It was such a dominant season. 
and everyone's just clearly scared of him for good reason, but being scared of him and not throwing him in, it just means he's going to win. And we're going to talk about him a lot on the season wrap up. We're going to talk about a lot in the off season of the show. Does this, where does this put him on the goat? I'm not going to have that discussion right now. It definitely adds to his case. Obviously he's now won three out of four, which they played up a little bit the back to back, but the three out of four more so even than the back to back. And also all everyone else on the guy side that he's won three out of four and the one he didn't was total madness where bananas won and the the rest of y'all like we need we need some new new male blood to step up and get a win here these ct and bananas can't do this forever uh we don't think maybe they can it seems like ct might very well be able to do this forever who knows but um never a doubt he wins it's unbelievable hats off to him and just the, you know, he continues to be the greatest character in reality television history. I don't say that to demean that it's fully authentic. Um, I just say that to differentiate between, you know, competitor, challenger, whatever. Just he is his story, his arc, his, his, the character of CT, the the idea of CT, the presence of CT is the greatest, the greatest thing reality TV's ever put forward, hands down, bar none. In my mind, I'm biased. I adore the challenge. I don't watch every reality show out there. I've watched a lot of them, though. Um, and, you know, there has been a couple of brackets done in the past. He's won them pretty easily. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's just, he's the best. He's the best all around. We'll talk about him a lot in the wrap-up and in in the uh, in the offseason. So let's quickly move in. That's everything from the final. Performances, eliminations, the final itself. Croatia's beautiful. Everything we got. That was a very elongated version of it. Let's quickly, we do have a couple awards to hand out. We will finish up with, we obviously are not going to make any more predictions, although I guess I could make a prediction for season 38, maybe. Oh, no, nah, I don't know, but I do want to toot my own horn here where, how we did on the prediction. So let's hand out a couple awards. Final wrap-up of our season-long predictions. And then that will be the final wrap-up of the finals podcast. Handing out a couple pieces of hardware here to finish up the last episode of the season. We're going to do best moment and best quote and an episode MVP. We're not going to do strategy awards. There wasn't a whole lot of strategizing that really had to go down here. I guess best strategy, you know, it worked out. So Casey and Nani together deciding maybe Casey should be the one to go on and finish um, worst strategy, pushing Nelson, pushing the ball down the hill. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I guess there you go. Did those awards. Boom. Did it. Wonderful. Best moment. Three, three nominees here. Um, and the first one with, with respect, gotta say Nelson and the whole orange team doing the squares puzzle, the torpedo squares puzzle, uh, was it while heartbreaking if you were rooting for people on their team, if you were rooting like me for Nelson to win, um, was also kind of comical um, and just was kind of the moment, you know, the inflection point, the the moment that changed the whole the whole final, kind of the most pivotal moment of the final in my mind. So that's nominee number one. Nominee number two, we've talked about nominee two and three. TJ talking to Nelson, giving him a pep talk after he goes home. And then nominee three, Nani's vulnerable and touching confessional uh, about being more comfortable with herself and everything she's gained from this season of the show and from her relationship with Casey. Both of those wonderful, wonderful moments. Um, I'm going to give the award for the best moment to TJ, giving Nelson a pep talk, just uh, because as someone who is rooting for him to win, uh, I, I, and who adores TJ, obviously, um, and would love a pep talk from TJ when I'm feeling, you know, at my lowest, uh, just that, that moment was really, really wonderful to me, uh, everything about it. So that's your best moment of the episode. Best quote, a little harder when it's a final, they're not, you know, they're not doing much talking. They're doing a lot of running. So a little harder to come by the amazing quotes, but they still manage to pull off some good, uh, exchanges and quotes. We have three nominees. The first two are back and forth exchange, not just a singular quote, but the first one, Devin and CT, <laughs> Devin is going slow up the first, the first run falling a little behind and he gives the, I'm not built for this to which CT in a brief moment, it changes. There's a commercial break in the middle of this, but it changes quick, but it, we get a brief kind of flare up of old, old, old school CT 
upset, angry, not going to take it CT when he he asks, he asks Devin if, if he just needs his hand being held. So let's listen to that exchange from Devin and CT. I need shade. Uh. Come on. Let's go. Keep adding. Never let up. It's got to be a walk for me. My cell wants to really push it up this mountain right now. I haven't eaten anything. I'm barely drinking water. I'm not built for this. I need to pace myself because if I go too hard, too fast, I'm going to be useless moving forward. Yeah, we're going kind of slow. Yeah. We can pick it up a little bit. All right, go, 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 then. Eat, watch. If you want, I can hold your hand, Devin. You want to hold hands? Like you do in kindergarten? I'm dying here, bro. You got to give me a minute. I mean, that's, you know, that's starts there's just a moment there where you're like wait is this ct of like gauntlet inferno like yelling like running big easy into the ground and then not taking responsibility for all the yelling and everything is this ct that gets eliminated on because he dqs because of a rule break or whatever there's like a brief moment of it and then he quickly switches back to very supportive immediately after so good on him putting that to bed i think I think the the supportive nature was going to help Devin a bit more there than the wisecracks. But the one wisecrack was also probably smart because Devin can respect a wisecrack if anyone can. Then second nominee, Tori and Devin, they have a little exchange when Casey and Nani are about to uh, do are squaring off or in the midst of squaring off about to square off in the elimination. Tori doesn't even want to watch uh, and comments that she could start crying from watching this and David responds to her. We'll play it in a second here for context. If anyone doesn't know, hasn't picked up on over the course of this season, Dave is their nickname for each other. Tori calls Devin Dave. Devin calls Tori Dave. Dave is the name of this duck that Devin or bought Tori after last season or something or sent her as a present. It's a whole long-term inside joke um, that if you've watched Aftermath, you've seen Dave the duck show up a bunch there. But if, if you don't get the Dave part, that's what it is. But let's hear that exchange from Tori and Devin. Oh, man. I could cry watching this. Do it together, Dave. Get to save your energy. And then third and finally, a full sweep for Devin. <laughs> he and Emmy running up the mountain. And uh, he he knows, you know, this, this is the end of it. Uh, I'm, I'm not... I'm not, he'd already commented to CT that he wasn't built for this, um, but then he laments he lived fast and hard, and, you know, that's how he was going to go down. So let's hear that third and final nominee for Quote of the Week from Devin. I lived fast and hard, babe. I lived fast and hard. Uh. And as far as a winner, Devin was a part of all three of them. It only seems fitting at the end of a season that he is dominated verbally speaking. Uh, we'll just say Devin wins the award for best quote for whatever you want to pick that he said. And then as far as MVP, you know, it's a co-MVP, KC and CT. Obviously, they win. They get the MVP. They get the shine. If we really got to split hairs and pick a winner with respect to KC, CT is now a five-time champ. He's the greatest he's ct he's the greatest you know as i said before greatest thing that's ever in the history of reality television so no shame in uh splitting that co-mvp with him or saying maybe casey got some good votes but was second she was runner-up to ct ct is the mvp of the episode the season the challenge and life more or less as for predictions obviously the season's over we don't have to make any more predictions but quick wrap up we made throughout the season, every single episode for the first 15 of 19 episodes, we made one season long prediction at the end of this recap podcast. We added one every week, We've kept track of them. And I've got to say, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I went 10 and five, 10 of them correct, five of them wrong. We were nine and four coming into this episode with Nelson and CT winning, both being predicted at different times in opposition to each other. One of those was true, one of them was not. So 10 and five on the season. Really freaking good, if I do say so myself. Now, if we go back to our Tuesday review preview where I predict episode by episode three things that are going to happen, didn't do so hot over on those. So maybe she still shouldn't, you know, turn to a life of professional gambling on reality television, but did pretty good. 10 and 5 on the season. We will see if we can do anywhere near that on all stars or future seasons to come. But with that, 
That is all for this season of Spies, Lies, and Allies and for this podcast. So we've mentioned a few times throughout the pod, we will be doing a wrap-up, Spies, Lies, and Allies wrap-up podcast probably next week, maybe two weeks from now. We will see if I get it all put together for next week or not. But one of the next two Wednesdays, that will be out. If you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, follow button wherever you're listening, you won't miss it regardless of which week it comes out. But we will do you know season-long awards for the best moments of the entire season, the best elimination of the season, the best daily challenge, the MVPs, some of the best quotes, all kinds of awards, all kinds of just a kind of full season wrap up and recap, if you will, and also some notes on the future of the flagship challenge series. Maybe by then we'll have some some news about they're starting to get rumblings of maybe season 38 is finally in the works. Maybe they're not just going to do all stars forever, um, but we will do all of that on one big wrap-up podcast, so look forward to that. Again, subscribe, follow wherever you are listening. Follow us on Instagram at Challenge Historian. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here all season long. The longest season, I believe, in Challenge history, 19 episodes, unbelievable. And I, I appreciate every single one of you for listening for one minute of one podcast up all the way up to every minute of every podcast. It means the absolute world to me, for you to be here just listening to one super-duper challenge fan ramble on about all of his thoughts. A lot of big stuff coming on the podcast in the future. I promise it will not just be me by myself forever. There's guests, there's co-hosts potentially coming in the future. There's all kinds of wonderful, amazing stuff, and hopefully there continues to be all kinds of wonderful, amazing challenge content to cover. So thank you so much for being here. We will talk to you Again, uh, later today or tomorrow or this week, whenever you're listening to this, if you're watching All-Stars, that recap will be up Friday morning at the latest. We'll be back next week. We will do our season wrap-up. We got a lot of stuff coming in the future. Thank you for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Until then, peace. Peace.